Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, Good to have you with us. We have a terrific show for you today. Uh, Before we get to it, though, we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, and we are back. Uh, As promised, we have a great show for you today. We have with us Amy Roberts. She's the Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer of People's Bank. Uh, Happy to have you with us. Amy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, George. Thank you for being on. Uh, We have some important things to talk about today, and we wanted to have you on the show. uh, I guess uh, the phrase has come to be called the workforce crisis uh, is still with us here in Western Massachusetts and elsewhere. Uh, It's a problem that kind of started last summer and fall and it just kind of continued through in into this year. A lot of companies are, are struggling with finding the right people, keeping the right people, uh, staffing up as if you will. And we wanted to talk today about, you know, what companies should be thinking about these days and how they can go about finding people, keeping them, having their company stand out, um, being a smart employer, um, you know, let's just dive in and, and talk about the problem as it exists right now. We still see those help wanted signs in almost every window. Banks don't put up help wanted signs in their windows usually. Uh, <laughs> but banks and hospitals and, and large businesses like that have uh, higher vacancy rates than, than normal and um, and they're struggling to fill them. But how are thing what are you seeing as you survey the landscape? Well, you know, we're definitely seeing a little bit of an improvement, I would say, from two months ago, uh, where we've started to fill more positions and had a little less turnover. Uh, So that's been good and helpful, but absolutely, it is still a concern um, getting people in the right jobs and, you know, finding talent throughout the the region. Hmm. You say it has improved a little bit in the last few months. To what do you attribute that improvement? Um, You know, I think that it's probably just that people are starting to settle in and realize that, you know, we're, we're slightly behind COVID, I hope. And, you know, I think some people are interested in getting back into the workforce. We've obviously had... Um, you know, lots of colleges graduate. So we've definitely seen an uptick in, you know, graduates looking for work and, you know, trying to find a position in an organization. So that's definitely helped us. And, you know, we've changed our strategy a little bit in our recruiting process. And I do think that that's also helped as well. Well, we're going to get into that. I can imagine some of the ways that you have changed your strategy, but, um, I guess what I wanted to talk about today, since everybody is in uh, the same predicament, everybody is looking for help, uh, there is more competition for the help that's up there, uh, salaries are going higher, uh, it is a buyer's market, I believe that's the term that people are using. Uh, what could companies think about uh, as they want to go about 
succeeding in this buyer's market? Well, I, I think that companies definitely need to think about how they're marketing or branding themselves as an employer of choice and, you know, what types of things make them attractive to a candidate and taking a look at the benefit programs they have in place, you know, what kinds of um, opportunities do they offer to employees, whether it be, uh, you know, a, a means of going back to school and getting a, you know, furthering their degree, or maybe it's a way of paying off student debt. Um, those are some of the benefits that we're offering, and I've seen that definitely be an attractive feature to new hires. Hmm. I think employers need to take a look at their compensation strategy and how they're paying new people coming in the door. Um, oftentimes, you know, people are not willing or interested in coming in for less money, uh, whereas years ago, you know, folks would take a position because they saw the potential in the role. I think now they're much less likely to accept a role when they have to take a pay cut or a benefit cut or so forth. So really starting to get aggressive about how they're paying for positions, uh, you know, what potential incentive compensation could be an option. Um, you know, we've implemented sign-on bonuses uh, just to really try to get people to be interested in, in talking with us um, and, mm -hmm. you know, considering a position. Well, let's not do a top five list, but let's do a, what's at the very top of the list that people are looking for these days, starting with remote work. This wasn't something that was on anyone's list probably three years ago, uh, maybe in some rare cases of uh, executives or people doing maybe different kinds of consulting work you could work remotely but that wasn't on anybody's wish list and now depending on what kind of business you're in uh, this is at the top of the list if it's not one a, a if one being salary it, it's one a can i do this work remotely and what are you seeing on the on your yeah side? you know we actually have candidates that will apply and that's all they want to do. Um, and in our organization, we're probably more of a hybrid type of workplace where we mm -hmm. are looking for people to spend a little bit of time in the office and we allow for flexibility for them to do their work remote as well. But there are some positions in even our organization that that's not possible, especially those customer facing roles where you really mm -hmm. can't help a customer in a banking center from your home. Uh, so obviously we're limited and some of the positions that we need uh, in terms of that flexibility. But I would say in general, uh, work flexibility is definitely on the top of the list in terms of what people are looking for. And I would actually say it's even beyond just the remote work idea. And it's more around employers being more flexible and open to perhaps a non-traditional type of schedules or, you know, you might have someone who comes in and they flex their schedule and they might work, you know, in the morning and then maybe they're, you know, they have a class to attend or they're trying to, you know, get their kids off the bus and, you know, they want to be around in the afternoon and then maybe allowing them to work at night. So you have to really get creative and, and figure out, you know, what can the business allow and, you know, how can we, provide the flexibility that you know people are really looking for in order to attract talent now are these policies that you already have in place company-wide obviously or 
I mean, this can't just be for new recruits. Otherwise, right. there would be some dissension yeah. in the rank there. So uh, <laughs> um, you've yeah, had to rewrite your, your company handbook, I would imagine. We have. Um, yeah, COVID has definitely um, put us in a, a position where we had to rethink how we work. And, you know, prior to COVID, we had really no um, workplace flexibility policy in place. There were definitely situations where we would, um, you know, work with a particular person to try to make it work and allow them some degree of flexibility. But with COVID, we took a look at kind of the landscape and and had to make some changes and then made some decisions as an organization that we were going to implement them permanently. And so when doing that, we've structured some you know, work flexibility policies, as well as a work from home policy, which pretty much works in concert with one another. And it's really on the associate and the direct manager to have conversations around the needs and the business requirements and figure out, you know, what, what options we could um, offer and what, you know, what we can support from a business standpoint. Okay. And how are these new policies working out so far? I think that they're working out pretty well. It's it's taken a little while for us to really get into a um, understanding of how we can be more flexible and how managers can truly manage in a way where they're not in the office and they don't actually see the person every day sitting at their desk doing work. And, you know, the concept of if I can't see them working, are they really working? You know, we've had a lot of conversations with management around, you know, what are some other ways that you can identify uh, productivity and you can start to, Mm -hmm. you know, measure and track whether or not the person is being productive no matter where they are. And, you know, some of that starts with just really setting clear objectives and, you know, measuring outcomes and, you know, not necessarily getting caught up in, is there a person sitting at a desk for eight hours a day and I can see them and that means that they're productive. So it's, it's definitely been a paradigm shift, which I love. I think this has pushed us in a direction we needed to go um, for a long time. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And I think that our management team is, is doing a really good job of trying to be more open and um, see the possibilities that it could bring in terms of, not only retention of our great talent we have, but, you know, recruiting mm-hmm. of talent that we need as well. Now, what advice do you have for those old schoolers out there like me who are in that category that we, we just described? I, 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 I've told this story a hundred thousand times probably. It was maybe 13, 14 years ago I hired someone and, you know, after working for me for a couple of weeks, uh, you know, we, we start work at 8.30 in the morning, and I think her exact words were, I, I don't do 8.30. Can I can I do 9.30 or, or 10? And, and they had to scrape me off the ceiling. I, and I was just, it, I tell that story because it, you, you were right in saying earlier that there are some people who are resistant to change and, and resistant to flexible and resistant to, to a lot of the things that you talked about earlier that are absolutely necessary now. Uh, so... What advice do you have for those people who are just not? I think the best thing to do is to really examine your management style and how you manage and take a look at what are the true 
ways in which you know that your team is being productive. And, you know, when you, when you step back and you take a look at whatever that answer is, it's likely that it's going to be, well, they, they produce a good product and they're always on time with their deliverables. And, you know, they, when they're expected to be somewhere or expected to do something at the level I'm looking for, they deliver. And, you know, none of those things have anything to do with where the work is done or, you know, the hours in which the work is performed. And so, you know, you start to kind of, I think, push yourself outside of that box that perhaps you've been in for a while and you recognize, well, gee, maybe there's something to this. And I think the biggest thing is that talent and people who understand that this can happen and can be done and can be done. And it's been done for a long time in a lot of other industries or businesses around the country or the world, you know, there's something to it. And so I think if you want talent, if you want to keep talent, you've got to figure out how to meet them where they are and, you know, give them a challenging and, you know, accountable work environment while also allowing them the flexibility that they're, they're looking for. Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with Amy Robert. She's the Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer at People's Bank. We're talking about the changing landscape in hiring and retention today and what companies can do to become that proverbial employer of choice and succeed as they go about uh, not just recruiting top talent but hanging on to it. And that that's become a lot more difficult these days. Once you, you get somebody in the door, uh, it just seems like as other positions have been opening elsewhere in the marketplace, there's just a lot of movement. And of course, with movement comes having to replace those people. And that, that's expensive and it's time consuming and it, it can be disruptive. So there are long-term benefits to having these policies in place. So uh, what advice do you have for, for smaller companies that, that don't have large HR departments and, and, you know, might not even have someone assigned the task of recruiting and, and interviewing and uh, just those smaller companies. How do they navigate this minefield? I, th- I think with smaller organizations, it's always a good idea to set some standards that, you know, whoever is involved in recruiting can easily pick up and reference. And what I mean by that is, you know, what do you do when you're phone screening a person or, you know, what are some common questions to ask? If you if you can start to create a, a good experience for candidates, that I think that's your first step in terms of, you know, being organized, having a person, you know, view your company and understand all of the benefits and the information. So you really have to arm whomever's conducting an interview with some basic information, like what are your benefits? What are some of your key policies that a a candidate is going to want to know about? And, you know, if you have those reference guides or resources available, someone can literally just pick them up and go. And I think that that flexibility is an important piece of the process. I also think um, as a small business, you can make some decisions in terms of, you know, how how are you going to pay for this position? What's the, the range so that when you're whomever's interviewing is asked that question, they can answer it concretely. And it's not this, you know, oh, well, I'm not sure. And because certainly that impression can leave a candidate with, well, do they really know? Are they organized? Do I want to work there? 
Um, and then I think from an, you know, an overall offer process, it's always a good idea to maybe have one or two people in your organization who have the information and the ability to navigate an offer and the negotiation process that could, you know, ensue and really close the deal. And so, you know, that person doesn't necessarily have to be the interviewer. It doesn't have to be a hiring manager. It could be an administrative person in the organization who has that skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think creating a, a good experience from the point of interview to making an offer is critical in their decision making. And, you know, after that point, I would say, really think about, you know, what does their first day look like? And at minimum, have a first day agenda, um, make sure their desk is ready, um, you know, really kind of creating that onboarding experience that mm-hmm. they're going to be impressed by your company, I think is key and keeping them in the job you just spent all this time, you know, trying right. to hire them for. Go back to what you said earlier about meeting people where they are. That, that's the phrase that, that you're hearing more and more and more from people in your position and, and people in mine, people who do the hiring. We got to meet people where they are. What, what exactly does that mean? And how can that be like broken down so people really get an idea for what they have to do? Well, I think that, you know, when I started in my career, it, it wasn't that way. It was, this is who we are as a company. These are our mm-hmm. policies. These are our procedures. Take them or leave them. <laughs> and, you know, you, you as a, a new person would have to make some decisions and choices. And I just think that at this point in time, with the the market as it is and the demand for talent and the war for talent in some cases, you can't afford to put yourself in that position where you're a take it or leave it kind of organization. And so you really have to be more open to what are the needs of the individuals working in your organization? What are, you know, people looking for? What's important to people? Because, there's a much more conscious um, decision-making process that goes into deciding to work for a company um, than it was, you know, probably even 10 years ago where, you know, you were looking for a job, you wanted it to have good pay, you were thrilled if they had great benefits and you hoped that you could develop and grow within the career. Um, Now people are really more or less, that's like, you know, a ticket to the dance. And so I think, you you know, in order mm-hmm. to differentiate yourself, you have to be even more open to being flexible and, and figuring out, you know, what's going to excite someone, what's going to make someone want to stay with the organization. And it's not something you can just kind of sit back and say, well, you know, this is who we are and, you know, take it or leave it. <laughs> okay. Well, that seems to be the way things are moving right now. Uh, I agree with you. I, I, you can be stubborn. And, and like I said, when I first started working 40 years ago, I was just thrilled to, to get an offer and to have a salary and to have a place to work. And it, it's a lot different now. There, there's a, a lot of competition and, and it is a buyer's market. How long is it going to, is this it? Uh, this is the way it's going to be from here on out. People keep, talking about this being transitional or uh, being a kind of short-term phenomenon. I don't think so. I think it's going to be like this from here on out. I think the you know, the demand or the feeling like it's a, a buyer's market in terms of, you know, an employee 
deciding they want to work somewhere. Um, that may fade a little bit, but I, I do really feel like the, the change in workplace practice around flexibility and being more mindful of the type of employer that you are is really here to stay uh, because it benefits the business and it benefits the, the, the people. And, you know, I, I really don't see anything wrong with it. So I hope it does stay. I think that, you know, it's, it's truly wonderful to be able to provide a um, engaging workplace for people and, you know, help them grow as individuals. And, you know, I, I feel like as an employer, if, if not you, then who? And so, you know, I, I think that, the, the frenzy around, you know, the op- the number of open positions and, you know, the, I guess the turnover will likely fade um, with time, you know, it that ebbs and flows anyway, you know, certainly if there was any kind of recession or things like that, you will probably see a change in behavior relative to, you know, wanting to leave for something better that, you know, the grass is always greener kind of thinking, but as far as some of the practices and policies that we've put in place as a result of this, I, I think they're just genuinely good business practices. Okay. Well, with that, I just want to say thank you very much for being with us here today. That was very enlightening and gave uh, employers of all sizes a lot of things to think about. So thank you very much. We'll have you on again sometime down the road and we'll update all this and review it with people. See how it goes. All right. Thank you thank again. You. Thanks for having me. Okay. And thank you to all of you for listening. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.